Greetings thrill seekers and music lovers from all across the fruited plain. Behind the golden EIB microphone with dark mass on my x-ray on loan from God, it is I, Rush Limbaugh, hosting the Rush Limbaugh Show, the number one radio show hosted by a person about to become a parking lot. My friends, I join you even balder than usual today. Democrat Party in disarray, that is our story in Iowa. The Iowa Democrat Party is being more tight-lipped than my ex-wives because of those NDAs I made them sign. <laughs> the Iowa caucus will be called the Rush Limbaugh caucus because it is not long for this world. Fidel Castro was playing 12-dimensional chess when he made those cigars so good, my friends, because I've got a tumor in my lungs so powerful it just won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I am excited after this break to go on my last and final diet. And now, a commercial break. It's the kind of thing that makes the average citizen puke. And look at this system and say, yeah, you know, what's going on? I don't know about this man, except I've read bad stuff about him. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't like, you know, I don't like what I read about him. We are more than just one boy. We create the world around this coin. Come. Invention. Come. Come. In five, four, three. From the number one podcast about billionaires, it is the Grubstakers, boys. Ah, hello. Welcome to the Patreon side of Grubstakers. My name is Sean P. McCarthy, and I'm joined here by... Yogi Paywall. Steve Jeffries. And so, uh, well, we, we wanted to talk today about what we usually do, but, you know, this Iowa caucus stuff has us all fucked up. So well, we're that, just plus the glowing review yeah. we got from R- R- Rush Limbaugh. I mean, I can't believe he gave call us you know, the number one podcast about billionaires. The fact that like anybody who takes the time to mm-hmm. spend with us mm-hmm. is appreciated, but somebody who only has three weeks to live <laughs> to take the time to record a message for the Grubstakers podcast. Broadcasting legend. Mm-hmm. S- say what you will about him, good or bad. I gotta say, people know his voice. Mm-hmm. Iowa has stage four democracy cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, so if Bernie wins, he should award the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Russia's tumor. <laughs> like, just reassign, like, uh, I'm not sure what? if you would reassign it or just give another one, but, like, that way you could put, like, two medals on his gravestone. Certainly. And you say, one's for him, and then one's for the tumor that killed him. I mean, you gotta award the killer that took him out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it is, uh, I guess if you are a listener of, of regular leftist podcast, maybe uh, what we cover today will be, I don't know, repetitive for what everyone's talking about, but this is actually a form of solidarity. We're keeping the attention on the Iowa Democratic Party and, uh, and you know, it, it, if you don't like it, we'll be back with a regular episode next week. But what I wanted to talk about is just the fact that we're recording this February 5th, 2020, the Iowa caucuses, uh, were on, uh, February 3rd, 2020. And uh, at the time we were recording this, we have 86% of the results. Hey, oh, all right. Uh, which, Getting there. Yeah. Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I-, I was talking about it uh, in the Discord. It seems like what they're going to do is actually Friday news dump mm-hmm. the actual results. Like, just give us 10 more percent every day. Sure. And just like, you know, they go through the 10% in every permutation to make Pete Buttigieg <laughs> the winner on each day until Friday right. afternoon news dump. Bernie wins. My friend. The liberal media is at it again. <laughs> They're trying to find the counties where Booty Judge can actually win to make it look competitive and release <laughs> them first. Um, but, you know, it is something where uh, people have talked about this. Iowa, it doesn't so much matter as much as it matters for the news cycle. And this is what they have done. They have thrown a wrench into the news cycle of Bernie Sanders being the fucking back-to-back winner of Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Because if Bernie had just, like, no contest, you know, Iowa, he wins. And then Tuesday, of course, uh, February 11th is the New Hampshire primary. And then he wins first night, no contest, no big scandal. If that's the news story, I mean, he walks to the nomination from there. Like, he either finishes first or second in South Carolina. He cleans up in Nevada. He cleans up in California. It's fucking mm-hmm. over. My money is every one of these caucuses is going to have some sort of scandal that just magically comes up. Mm-hmm. Not enough people have been, been uh, cracking heads, if you know what I mean, when it comes to this whole shadow scandal. Well, like, and so people have pointed out, you know, maybe bad sign for Bernie or not, that the Iowa ca- uh, caucus primary turnout was lower than it was in 2008 for Obama. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, another thing they managed to do on much higher turnout is actually report the results on time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, funny how that changed. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the Obama, it's it was a record. Mm-hmm. So to compare yourself to the historical record and be like, oh, damn it. One yeah. of the caucus locations, like, not, okay. they had 700 between Obama and Hillary, and they expected 1,400 this year, and the number was like 850. So it, uh, yeah, they vastly overestimated the amount of people that were going to come out but for support. Also, when Obama was running, it was there were some structural reasons why it was higher. So it was during a college break, mm-hmm. so hmm. people could actually go to the their precincts a lot more easily, right? Than they would have because school schools in in session, right? This time, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, then Obama started governing, and it was like, fuck you all for having hope. (laughs) People are like, yeah, oh, people aren't as inspired as they were for Obama. Yeah, I wonder why, after eight years of Obama, less people (laughs) showed up to fucking waste their time caucusing uh, after the last time a a guy who ran entirely on change. Sure. And nothing fucking changed. More like shortchanged. Yeah, I mean, I guess Medicaid got expanded, and that was cool, but that was about it compared to everything we were promised. Mm Mm-hmm. I've actually had a fantasy of just flying into Iowa and, like, along with, like, a group of Sunrise Movement kids, just storming the state Iowa Democratic Party <laughs> headquarters and finding right. the real results. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be They're hard. just laying around somewhere. I want and that releasing movie. Them. Me and my team of operators. <laughs> yeah, going 20, into the 20, corn huskers. 20 day. good men <laughs> and women. It's like that Netflix movie with Ben Affleck. What, The Town? No, what was that one called? <laughs> <laughs> Triple Frontier. Triple. Little, it was so forgettable like that I forgot the name of it. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, well, that was forgettable. <laughs> and then it wasn't terrible, but my friend also pointed out to me, my friend is a, a former um, officer, or he deployed to Afghanistan, he's a smart guy, um, but he pointed out why well, I'm bringing it up because the story is sp- these special operators, former mm-hmm. like Delta Force Navy SEALs, they go and rob this drug lord sure. to make one big score. Right. And the opening part of the movie is all these former special ops guys are like having trouble paying the bills and getting oh, wow. by. Yeah. And he was like, they can all just do private security for a billionaire. <laughs> they can make half a million right, dollars sure. a year just like sitting in the car with some like 90 year old whose dad made weapons for the Nazis. Yeah, I mean, they're all qualified to do a job where they could die at any minute for right. a boatload of money. But some of them have this weird thing called families that they want to see mm-hmm. at the end of the fucking... Be a consultant to Zay. Right. Or yeah. whatever it's called now. Yeah. I forget that. Oh, yeah, name. yeah. They've, they've bl- changed Blackwater's Blackwater name like to 20 Zay times. to something else. No, yeah. Zay? Oh, uh, it was Academy no, no, for a second. Yeah, Academy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Academy. Academy with an I, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it is just like, say you're a special ops guy, and you're going to like go break into like a cartel drug lord's house and mm-hmm. kill a bunch of people. You sure. could just sit in a fucking car as it goes from point A to point B and make just as much money for no work whatsoever and no danger. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, I think that a person that's post-military, I mean, okay, Sean's right that you could make that much money just sitting in a car, but it's very tough in our position to think of that human being just sitting in a car when they got PTSD from just being in a car before they've almost died several times in their life. You're mad that we're doing the same Iowa caucus episode as every other leftist podcast? Well, did they have triple frontier discussion? (laughs) I don't think they had any discussion about the relative realism of the Netflix movie Triple Frontier. Um, but, you know, so again, just uh, as of the time we're recording this, we have 86% tomorrow, uh, you know, tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. Iowa caucuses are buffering. <laughs> you know, they're coming in slow, but they're coming. It's like when you were a kid yeah. and you were downloading porn right. on your 56K mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just had to, like, turn the monitor <laughs> on and off as right. your mom entered uh, and right. left the room. Estimated estimated time, like, 23 days. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, con- it's going to be here, but it's going to take some time. But when it's here, boy... It's either going to be very, very satisfying or exceedingly disappointing. <laughs> or it's going to be what you wanted, but with, like, Russian subtitles. <laughs> Let's see. We will get them in 2024 as <laughs> Trump has just won his third term. Uh, but, yeah, so as of uh, the time we're recording this at 86%, the count that I have here is that by popular bo- vote, Bernie Sanders has 26.1% of the popular vote. Pete Buttigieg is in second, 25.5% of the popular vote. Elizabeth Warren, 18.3%. Joe Biden, 15.9%. Amy Klobuchar, 121 
uh, percent. And then by delegates, Pete Buttigieg is uh, ahead on the state delegate delegate equivalent totals, but it's looking like they will probably end up getting the same number of actual delegates from the state. Uh, Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. Mm. So one big question is they've got these satellite caucuses. Right. And they haven't even counted any of that. Oh, really? Yeah. The direct TV caucuses they haven't looked into? <laughs> <laughs> these are set up for, like, people who they can't they can't be near their, their where their normal precinct would be, uh-huh. I think. Why haven't they counted any of that? I don't know. Probably because Man. the two that... They started counting, right. and then there were all those problems. It was like Bernie. Mm. It was uh, Bernie Central. How long does it take to count? How many how many votes are there total? Does, like, do we know how many from previous years that votes came in total? I mean, I know that they're, they're different from year to year, but at some point, they've got to be... The turnout? Just how many physical votes uh, needed to be counted? Well, like uh, 160,000 Yeah, so. something like that. All right, that could take a couple of days. I'll give them that. No, but, no. It yeah, should New, be, New it should York be t- same yeah. day. It should be, yeah, but... I can see it taking a couple of days. It shouldn't be. Well, maybe to certify it, but... Yeah. Yeah, with uh, 86% reporting, it's 153,453 votes. So they're going over it by hand? I, that's one of the things they that's have been paper, so... They have paper votes this time. Mm, okay, gotcha. So, so it's like when you... each Like in the first round, you mm-hmm. write down your preference. Right. And then you do that for the second time, too. Mm-hmm. So they have those. I think we can all agree, though, this is just another bungled CIA coup. (laughs) 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 He had another one on the track record. Um, But it is, I mean, like, you know, and and we've gone through, uh, you've heard this gone through before, but it's worth repeating. Like, the first time in 76 years... They spike the final Des Moines, Iowa poll. Des Moines? Des Moines. Moines. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to get through a whole episode. Des Moines. (laughs) Leave it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's staying in. It's like how the entire theme of the show Mad Men is about how it's impossible for people to change. <laughs> and every week I come in here and I'm like, this is when I'm going to get yeah, it. Sure. No mistakes. Uh-huh. Why, gonna... why would you just say words the way that they're pronounced? <laughs> why would you do that? Okay, no. First of all, that's bullshit. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, this this poll that's uh, supposedly been, you know, historically the most accurate poll before Iowa uh, has been uh, reported for 76 years consecutively Mm -hmm. as the final poll before the Iowa caucus. For the first time in 76 years, they spike it because Bernie Sanders is ahead. CNN and the uh, Des Moines Register. uh, They go to get they come together and they say, we're not releasing this because. Des Moines. Yeah. Des Moines. Des Moines. No, there's no ass, buddy. Des Moines. Des Moines. CNN and the Des Moines Register, they come together and they say, we're not releasing this because Pete Buttigieg called us because apparently one Pete Buttigieg supporter said they mispronounced his name or spelled his name (laughs) wrong or some bullshit like that. And it was like a case of one person who was contacted and they spiked the entire poll. And of course, that poll showed Bernie Sanders on top. Something like things like that. Every single statewide poll for anything Mm -hmm. involves some manner of snafu like that sure and pollsters the good ones they they're ready for that Hmm. so they they oversample to make up for the possibility right that something like this might happen with like one person doing a phone interview or something Hmm. so to think that one of the most uh one of the most competent pollsters out there wouldn't like have a plan for this is like crazy it doesn't make any sense. There's so many variables to this, and um, I'm f- very frustrated, although I will say that for the first time in my life, I found myself sympathizing and agreeing with just a straight-up bigot against gay people. I don't know if you saw the video of that woman who was like... I say a lot of sensible things, Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was like, Pete's gay? And the person's like, yeah, it's common knowledge. She's like, I didn't know that. Well, can I change my vote? And the person's <laughs> like, I mean, we can't. I, you could talk to somebody, and then she's like, listen, I know you're a good Christian woman, and the person's like, thank you, I, I am, and she's like, I'm a good Christian woman as well, and I just want you to, and, and uh, here's the thing, it's a Pete Buttigieg uh, fucking uh, precinct captain or whatever, being like, you're a good Christian woman, don't change your vote, which, 
boy, that's very funny to be like, my our religions are the same, so you should do the right thing, which is vote for the person we both technically agree with. And I, I love that the other person's like, the Bible says a man and man shouldn't lay. So how can you? Be? And in my head, I was like, oh, I've never been like, fuck gay people. But in this moment, I'm like, lady, I love your bigotry. <laughs> that uh, is like, this might be like the one time in which I defend Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Sure. You, yeah, you hate that lady. That but, was like I don't want her to change it just because she learned he was gay. That is like a wider point, though. Like I think the left should learn to just take the W when people make the right decision for the complete wrong reasons. <laughs> like if she, for some reason, went over to Bernie Sanders, or at least she fucking screwed over the rat. I think she went to Klobuchar. I think she had a Klobuchar yeah, shirt. Well, well, that's better than Buttigieg. Jeffries, I'm not saying I like that bigotry exists that this person wanted to change it's her vote. Still, you'll take it. But, I, but in my head, part of me was like, I hope, <laughs> I hope that shit got changed. Yogi gets more homophobic as his beard grows longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Samson, but for bigotry. But so, I mean, it's something where the... the the idea of polls is that they're supposed to reflect public opinion, but they do also lead to public opinion. Mm-hmm. If you see going into the Iowa caucus that uh, Bernie Sanders is number one and Pete Buttigieg is in third, Elizabeth Warren in second, at least that's the way it was when it, when the polling went out. You know, I mean, you might be liable to assume that Bernie Sanders is the front runner. This creates a lot of narrative in the media reporting and in just the way that people interpret these events. So hiding that poll that has historically been known as the most accurate is a way to skew the results against Bernie Sanders. One hundred percent. I don't know, man. I mean, as much as I, I have felt that way for the last handful of days, I think you're small brain minding it. I think the big brain mm-hmm. goes CIA and FBI loves Donald Trump and they want the entire Democratic mm-hmm. Party to look like fucking ingrates and fucking idiots. And so they're doing this shit to like back end be like, none of these candidates are good and Trump is the only way. Because, I mean, listen, I don't think that the CIA and FBI want more wars to happen, but I'm pretty sure that... The United States, when they have a president that's moderately competent, is handcuffs to the world's elite in terms of what they can get away with. But with Trump at the helm, them handcuffs are off, motherfucker, and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Hmm. And so, as much as I think that this is certainly a slight to Sanders, and and that Sanders is a primary target, I think just cutting down the DNC is the biggest thing. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, there's a bunch of different factors interacting, and, and though I do want to make the point, uh, I've said it elsewhere, that if Trump was ever as much of a threat to the Republican National Committee as Bernie is to the Democratic National mm-hmm. Committee, they would have tried something similar. The, well, oh, sure. Like, the RNC is in agreement with Trump. Right. I mean, you know... Even though he was initially, like, the anti-establishment candidate. Mm-hmm. Because Trump... Whereas, like, Sanders is never going to see IDI with, like, Pelosi. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to the NC. Well, Trump never had his own party infrastructure. Like, you know, they thought he was, like, very uncouth, and they thought he was kind of embarrassing, and, you know, Rubio talked about how he had a small dick. Like, that was their Mm -hmm. attack line. But at the end of the day, he had no party infrastructure. He just inherited the RNC. So it's like everybody gets to keep their job, except for the pundits who, like, opposed him, who either got in line or just got completely exiled from the Republican Party. Dude, he wants to golf and fucking dick around Mm -hmm. and is basically the worst version of himself ever because he's being monitored at all times you think the GOP looks at that and goes oh man this kind of shitty no they can get away with whatever the fuck they want right now Trump's not looking at McConnell or any of the other fucks and going you can't do shit right now they got no adult supervision they had eight (laughs) years of Obama breathing over their neck like a fucking creep and now Trump's in there fucking taking naps and shit oh yeah no absolutely you know what I mean so it's like I think that there, because uh, I do think that the 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 uh, linear argument against uh, what's going on in, in Iowa caucus right now is that this is a direct uh, result of uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, rise in popularity and the fact that it does feel as if most of the country has unified against him in a way that uh, didn't happen in 2016, or if it did, was more suppressed than it is currently. But the fact that all of these figures that are somehow slowing down the caucus things are not necessarily related at all to the biggest boogeyman in this whole goddamn thing, the fucking U.S. government and Trump itself. Come on, dog. There's got to be some shady-ass shit going on. Well, it does speak to how the D- like the idea that the DNC wants would prefer Trump over Sanders as president. Yeah, I think so. So in that way, there might be a connection. It, it, I'm not saying that 
they want Pete over Sanders, and that's what they're going for. But that seems so far fetched. Oh, the, Trump over Sanders. No, no, I know. I'm saying that like yeah. the the like um, it, what it seems like right now is Buttigieg's campaigns pulling some strings and making it so that he looks ahead of Sanders, and it's a slight on Sanders. But I think what Stephen said is 100 percent correct. They'll go with Trump over Sanders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think that's even in dispute. On like anybody who follows this shit mm-hmm. is that. You know, because what we talk about, Trump doesn't have an infrastructure, so he just inherits the RNC. Everyone gets to keep their jobs, and Yogi's exactly right. He's not been doing shit for no. four years. He's like, now that he's running for re-election again, he's starting to make it look like he's doing shit, where yeah. he's like, I will uh, pass it. We're going to pass an infrastructure bill, which I had like two years with a Republican mm-hmm. Congress. Right. I didn't pass any fucking infrastructure bill because I don't give a shit. You know, I just let Mitch McConnell write a tax law that gave, you know, handouts mm-hmm. to Wall mm-hmm. Street, handouts to all the fucking tech companies that I supposedly like hate. A- he took care of like a few of the low hanging fruit items. Yeah. On the Republican wish list, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the huge tax cut, mainly. Yeah. He could import. He could sign an executive order importing cheap prescription drugs. He doesn't do that because, like, a nobody tells him to do that. But B, he just doesn't fucking care. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it is just, I mean, I do kind of expect respect the con man grift because it is the perfect, <laughs> it is exactly how, like, the perfect con man operates is, like, you sell them a product and then you don't do shit. And then right. when it starts breaking and it's, like, sounds like they might try to get a refund, mm-hmm. uh, that's when you're like, no, man, this is, like, this, this is perfect. Yeah. Here's how we're going to fix it. You know, don't get your money back. Do not go to the... Better Business Bureau. Right, right. You know, so this is like, he's only going to govern or attempt to govern to his base in the first and fourth years. Yes. And then he's just done. Uh, Trump certainly is a con man and a scoundrel, but at his core, just like his supporters, he's a coward. Mm-hmm. And once the GOP figured that out, which I think Mitch McConnell and that crew definitely looked at him and went, we can we can control this guy like a puppet. This guy mm-hmm. is a yes man and an idiot. So we shouldn't look at him like we got to get him out because he's not one of us. We should look at him like we should use him as the pawn that we know he is. Yeah, if you just suck his dick, you have infinite power within his inform- <laughs> mm-hmm. I- administration. In the case of Nikki Haley, literally. But uh, <laughs> as long as you just verbally fillet him, you can do whatever you want within his Why administration. Why would you attack that proud, actual East Indian woman <laughs> that, that whitewashed her entire uh, origin story? It's interesting how Nikki Haley, more Indian than... Uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> that's why it's that's why it's good to have uh, diversity on the podcast because that's an angle of attack against Nikki Haley that no white person would ever no. bring up. If we didn't have Yogi no. in the room, nobody would be hating her for being a fake sa- Indian. Yeah. I'm t- listen. I don't. You know, a lot of people talk give shit on me about fucking how I sound, how I look, and stuff. But you never see me roll up into a room and be like, "Hey guys, uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, Yo- Yolanda Suarez. I- I'm fucking Hispanic now. It's not, it's not happening." You know how fucking crazy that would be? And, and imagine if I did that shit with a straight face. Like, come on, you all know me. I love quesadillas and fucking fajitas and shit. You know, me, Yolanda. Like, it's you blow your fucking minds. But that's what fucking Nikki Haley originally, uh, Nimrata, uh, something, something. I can't remember her last name right mm-hmm. now. But, like, fuck that noise. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and so it is just like we said. Like, if Bernie Sanders takes over the Democratic party the democratic national committee he's Mm -hmm. putting his own people in place he has a network you know they have our revolution they have all these Mm -hmm. affiliate groups all these labor groups all these community activists they're just going to kick out a bunch of the fucking grifters and hacks who uh i mean we'll talk about in a second but most famously now that's being highlighted because they built this fucking app that just destroyed the iowa caucus (laughs) these people who don't exist for any reason except to like cash fat paychecks from donors from rich donors trying to peddle in influence right and so he's just going to kick those people out and so they recognize this as an existential threat because the gravy train is over if bernie sanders is the nominee and so yeah if bernie sanders goes down in flames that's uh, a great scenario for them because if they can defeat him in the primary that's ideal but if he if they can't do that then they want him to lose to trump because that's when they say hey we got to go back to the new democrat model you know we can't have him winning the White House, because that's the end of the Democratic Party as it has existed since Bill Clinton won the White House in 1992. Sure. I just don't, I mean, like, with everything they have with Iowa, I just think it's going to be fucking dumb hurdles like this over and over and over again. And I'm not even condoning I'm not saying that, like, that's what's probably going to happen. I'm predicting it. No, fuck that noise. I want that to not happen. I would hope that mm-hmm. things are run a bit more uh, straightforward at that point. But I just feel like the... Bernie Sanders' base is not fucking biting as hard as they need to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. How so? 
this Iowa shit, man. I mean, like they they came out with the numbers at like uh, midnight or three a.m. whatever, being like, hey, this shit was horse shit. I don't know, Stephen. You you right to look at me like I'm crazy, but it's one of those things where what I would wish is that the Sanders campaign would be a bit more like this that happened here, horse horse shit. And yeah. even though, because a lot of people I know that are a bit more um, uh, moderate liberals or they're more centrist they were like well it just seems like people were inept like they just seem like they've made mistakes and it's like mistakes what well, i think uh, like the Bur- no one in the burning camp thinks it was just mistakes obviously sure, certainly but i think they have the like his campaign and like i don't know people in dsa have been talking to about this like they're they're more of the mindset of like well the best revenge we can get is just by focusing our rage onto organizing in the remaining states. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that whatever shenanigans they got up to here don't matter. Right. And, like, we have little sort of, I mean, you could try and, like, sue them or something. Well, there, But does, that will take a lot of time. It does seem that the um, people that are in tune with uh, the Bernie Sanders base, the DSA, and, and the uh, Brooklyn Podcast Collective that doesn't exist do feel that way. But I think that the middle America liberalism's going, well, you know, just uh, the things happen and... That's the, true. The Niners lost the Super Bowl because oh, yeah, they, they missed a call. They'll never, like, they'll never admit that there's a conspiracy. Right, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm more frustrated. The only conspiracy they acknowledge is Russia hacked <laughs> 2016. <laughs> right. And even though like, there's demonstrably much more evidence mm-hmm. that there was some, some conspiracy afoot with Iowa than there is for like Russia hacking to a substantial degree right. the, the election in 2016. Yo, it's called Shadow. The fucking mm-hmm. shit's called Shadow Yeah, Inc. there's... <laughs> That wouldn't pass it's in a like fucking literal, Watchmen comic. Literal dark money. <laughs> right, right. Is flowing around to this thing. Right, like they're so obsessed with Russia that they believe that Bernie supporters are angry because of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like Putin, you know, again, a country with the GDP of California is mm-hmm. pulling the strings on all events. Right. You know, uh, but you know, and just to kind of explain this for uh, people who haven't studied this too closely, this is an app uh, created by a company called Shadow, which didn't exist five months before the vote. Ugh. So a company was formed five months before this fucking vote, and it gets, because of its uh, networking connection, it gets a contract to make an app for the Iowa caucus that will count the vote, and then the app fucking melts down. And, and I just wanted to say uh, something as somebody who's worked in an office with boomers, mm-hmm. like, just Microsoft Windows is hard <laughs> enough. You know, <laughs> boomers... Like if you are under the age of fifty nine and you are in an office, they consider you the tech guy because you know you you know how Windows works and you know how to like per- press Control X when they accidentally delete everything on their Excel file. If you can right. sum a column, you are a <laughs> god. Okay, like age weighted, that is like impressive. All right, they they start calling you Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> And treating you like the fucking Russian hacker from the movie Goldeneye <laughs> because you know That's how like pivot tables sort of work. So one thing I can agree with on like the it was incompetence angle and I think was probably the case is that the the Iowa State Democratic Party representatives who are the ones who like the I think they're called the supervisors. Right. Um, so those are elected positions and that's mainly older like geriatric honestly people who are, are probably going to have they're probably going to struggle with a good app right let alone a shitty one sure and well, that you like you don't get any advice like some places they didn't even tell them what it was called so mm-hmm. they couldn't search for it to download right yeah yeah and, and that's exactly my point is like even imagine this app worked perfectly which it didn't that's kind of what caused all this chaos is this app was crashing but even if it worked perfectly you know, you would just have a ton of people who are like, you know, 60-something, you know, volunteers or Iowa Party affiliates or whatever the case may be, who just have no idea how this fucking thing works. And they're just throwing out the way they've done this for, you know, hundreds of years, you know, <laughs> just for a fucking contract. Right. Since and, 76, anyway. Yeah. Or, yeah, for however long they've done it. At least decades, let's say. But but my point is... Uh, from the the few articles I've read on this, and I really recommend, there's a piece in Politico called The Divisive Democratic Operative Behind Shadow, the app that broke Iowa. Um, and that's about Tara McGowan, who uh, a lot of people have seen on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you read one thing, I really recommend this Politico article because it's enraging. 
because it's entirely about how this company, again, Shadow, didn't exist five months before the vote. It stacked its board with, uh, you know, former Clinton operatives, former Obama people. David Plouffe was Obama's 2008 campaign manager. Uh, he came over from the Uber board to sit on the board Ugh. of Shadow. And then almost he comes over in 2019. Almost immediately after he comes over, it starts raising a ton of money from Silicon Valley people. Sure. Uh, Reed Hoffman is the LinkedIn billionaire. We'll have a future episode probably soon on him just to kind of uh, dive into this a little more. Reed Hoffman gives them a ton of money after David Plouffe comes over because right. it's entirely, you know, Obama raised all this money from Silicon Valley. So all these Silicon Valley people, they trust the Obama people. So David Plouffe comes onto the board and suddenly uh, Tara McGowan is the CEO of Acronym, which is a nonprofit that is the only investor in Shadow, sure. which is, I guess, a for-profit company. Well, so they they now say that they're the only investor, but originally it said they launched Shadow and then they changed <laughs> that on their website. So the entire angle that, uh, oh, it wasn't corruption. It was just inept. It's like... They're, you don't change minor details if it's just people fucking up. That's well, been like, uh, I mean, McGowan has been like distancing herself mm -hmm. from the company that she helped co-found pretty much. The funniest She's thing. She's CEO, right? I mean, it's, yeah. that's what's going to happen when uh, Grubstakers gets canceled. I don't know what's going on over there at the Grubstakers <laughs> LLC. I've never been I was not it. involved in this project. <laughs> the funniest thing is uh, Tara, uh, Tara McGowan, her Twitter profile picture mm -hmm. is her reading the book Dark Money by Jane Mayer. Oh, yeah. Which is a book about dark money operated by the Koch brothers while she's operating a giant dark money scheme. Yeah. Which is called Shadow. Yeah, the ultimate fucking <laughs> liberal brain. It's just like, it's a great book. Uh, we, of course, did the Koch Brothers episode based on Jane Mayer's book. Right. But it's just like, you can just see this. You can see how secret Koch Brothers money, money is, you know, influencing elections and, you know, destroying and distorting democracy. And then you just go on and just, like, fucking take Reed Hoffman's $75 million and nobody has any idea what you're doing with it. But are you fucking... What? 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 That's like me being a fucking domestic terrorist and my Twitter profile's got me reading the Anarchist Cookbook. Are you fucking kidding me? That's fucking horse shit. Oh, where, where did Yogi learn how to make napalm? Well, his Twitter avatar's got him reading the Anarchist Cookbook. And he won't say to his listeners how he makes it, but he technically does know how to make some napalm. Was that Reisman wouldn't sell it in her... <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Her I couldn't get in Canada, but I found it in the Pacific Northwest... Uh, so just from this Politico article, um, the, uh, the, the people point out that Acronym is, again, the parent company that uh, Tara McGowan is the CEO of. Uh, Acronym is a nonprofit. This is the parent company. Um, but uh, critics point to the mix of for-profit entities uh, established under the nonprofit parent company. Hmm. Um, and they quote a anonymous Democratic operative, quote, people are really frustrated and skeptical about the structure that Tara has created. There's a nonprofit and then there are four profits below it. It's like a nesting doll. It's moving money around in a way that's unclear to people. Huh. And so this is because, of course, you know, nonprofits do have slightly more transparency requirements than for-profit companies. So you can just set up a nonprofit on top, take money in, and then, you know, have all these uh, for-profits below it with far less disclosure rules. And it's not clear, you know, who's p getting paid what salary, mm -hmm. if people are getting paid two salaries from the same company for doing one job, you know, uh, and just all the way the money is moving around. So that you just have no idea what she's doing with this $75 million she's got. That's legal to be have 100%. a profitable company? inside of a non-profit yep man i didn't know that i mean that was like what the ultimate how is that legal how is it legal to be like i ain't got you know I'm, i make money to fucking make my shit popular but also i got a side company that sells cocaine on the inside <laughs> well you know what i mean like what yeah. <laughs> it is something we've talked about on this podcast where we i wasn't paying attention <laughs> <laughs> well not that specifically but we we talk about enough billionaires that you almost at some point start to respect the grift sure you know, where it's like you see a good grift and you're like, yeah, man, you know, fuck a day job. Just get your, get your money. And mm -hmm. when it comes to politics, because our political system is so fucked up, uh, the ultimate grift is just being like a super PAC asshole. Right. Because, like, that's exactly what uh, people did during the Obama era is they would just, you know, buy ads on right-wing talk radio or on, you know, whatever webpage that's promoting some Obama is a Kenyan Muslim mm -hmm. uh, fucking conspiracy theory. Just buy ads there and say, donate here to stop the Obama agenda. Sure. People send you money, and then you just pay it all out in salaries. Oh, wow. And yep. you do, like, one thing. and Even to it, the for-profit companies really? that the non-profit owns. What? Yep. 
So it's like you can do that kind of grift. You can either do it on the grassroots level, like grifting from mm-hmm. like the people who consume right wing or left wing media mm-hmm. or whoever your target audience is, or you can just go right to the billionaire trough. Mm-hmm. And if you can get like the Obama campaign connection or the Koch brothers or Sheldon Adelson or whoever right. the fuck, you can get this kind of grifter money. And my, I think the most charitable theory for how this app ended up getting into the Iowa caucus and how it destroyed it is that um, uh, Tara McGowan's company uh, raised $75 million. Not at all clear what they did with it. So they just, uh, you know, they got Reed Hoffman and all these other Silicon Valley assholes. Uh, apparently Steven Spielberg gave them some money as well. Uh, <laughs> they got all these assholes to give them their money. And it's like, okay, we gave you $75 million. You're, according to... Uh, disclosures you've spent less than a million of it what did you do with the money so they just like oh let's just throw together an app let's just call some people in the philippines to like fucking uh throw us an app for like on the cheap yeah yeah 10 grand or five grand or however much that would cost they had 75 mil they spent a mil on something and then Mm -hmm. they built an app that doesn't work but must have cost less than a couple of million let alone even one and then they ate 70 plus million dollars uh they're just sitting on it they're just sitting on it. Like, nobody knows what, what exactly they're doing. Um, and Steven Spielberg's roped in on this and fucking former Microsoft money through LinkedIn's and LinkedIn in, in, in this. Right. So according, according to the same Politico article, David Plouffe, again, Obama's 2008 campaign manager, uh, he joined uh, the group's board, Acronym's board, in fall 2019. In November 2019, Acronym announced it would spend $75 million on digital advertising to counter Donald Trump's online spending onslaught. So mm. they raised $75 million. They're saying they're going to spend all of it. Uh, three months later, that deluge of spending has barely begun. Despite McGowan's public urgency, Acronym spent only 781000 on advertising what? on Facebook and Google since the start of November. Uh, this is according to the tracking firm Advertising Analytics. Um, and, you know, it's spent some money other places, but, of course, with online ads, it's just Google and Facebook sure. are the number one and two. Right. Uh, so it's just like, so they announced they're going to spend $75 million. They announced they raised $75 million. They spent less than a million on digital advertising. So it's like, where the fuck did the money go? Uh, and I think, I mean, my most charitable theory is they were like, okay, if we can throw this app together. We can be like, yeah, we developed the app, and that's like, an, uh, that's something yeah, they that can point like, to. Right. Play Kate, some right. of our Silicon Valley paymasters. Mm-hmm. It's like when uh, Broad City creators were broke New York improv actresses, and they need to send something to their parents to prove that they were doing something. They created the web series Broad City. <laughs> so this is this is the app sure. version <laughs> of the web series of Broad City made by Yana Glazer and Abby Jacobson. Mm-hmm. I see what's going on here. Right, and so again, just to kind of go through, Tara McGowan was, uh, she directed digital strategy at Priorities USA Action, which was the main super PAC uh, assisting Hillary Clinton during the 2016 White House campaign. Uh, So she, like, she essentially went from the Clinton campaign, which, you know, again, directed digital strategy. So great job there. Wonderful. (laughs) Knocked it out of the park. She lost to a bunch of fucking 4chan poll users who were the uh, uh, pro bono Donald Trump digital team uh, in the 2016 election, and she had a billion dollars to throw around. And McGowan has ties to the Iowa Democratic Party leader, mm-hmm. right? Price? Yeah. Troy Price. I- I'm trying to remember all the links here. I know McGowan's husband is also a Clinton person. Uh, let me see. There's a, a Lee Fang article in the, uh, the Intercept that goes through some of this stuff as well. Uh, I just want to say, listen, we've talked about... Uh, Obama, his uh, campaign, the dark money, and we talk about shadow. I don't know how you two have gotten really good at not saying the word black on this show, but uh, all I gotta <laughs> say is, uh, Buddha Judge accidentally called dark money black money. Oh, there you go. Why is it gotta be black, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was mistaken. Uh, it's even really? worse. He called it black money at one point. He called dark money black money. Man, that's what they call it. A, a campaign uh, they, in Iowa. I think they call it that in India, but I don't think Pete's going to India that often. So I, I just wish you were in the audience for oh, Why is God be black? Oh, that'd have been great. That would have made my life. Uh, so according to the Lee Fong Intercept article, uh, McGowan's husband, Tara McGowan, her husband is Michael Hall, a senior strategist with the Pete Buttigieg campaign. Mm. So it's even worse than him also being a Clinton person. It's a fucking senior strategist with the person who is without question benefited the most from right. this meltdown is her husband. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, apparently, according to that same article, uh, 
a person with knowledge of the company's culture shared communications showing that top officials at the company regularly expressed hostility to Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, the article also quotes a precinct captain for Sanders who requested anonymity, uh, who says that we didn't know about the app until like a month before the election, wow. and we didn't have access to the app until three days before the election. What's the app called? Can I get it? I mean, what's the ratings on that app right now? How many stars it got? Shadow app. Shadow. I looked up shadow app. Two stars. <laughs> it only. It doesn't exist. It's a whole bunch of games about ninjas and shit. Yeah. Uh, all, all the reviews are from precinct captains. <laughs> <laughs> all 99 of them. Or like all, all 1,600, whatever. The <laughs> only thing they programmed it to do was ask you to rate it five right, stars. Right. That's like the most essential <laughs> part of it. I tried to send in my results, and it just said like, LOL, no. <laughs> you know, one thing I also mentioned is that like this whole fucking shadow ink acronym bullshit yeah. is going to slow down the whole, hey, you can vote from your phone now nonsense. Because at the end of the day, technology merging with politics can be beneficial to the people that are in power. But when things like this come up, these type of scandals, it makes people more weary of adding this, tech into uh, the political process. This application wasn't even something potentially as cool as online voting. Right. It was just reporting right. regular votes. Yeah. So, like, the... Uh, like, I, I want to make a distinction between, like, the Iowa caucus and this stupid app. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because, that makes sense. The, like, the actual caucus went off basically without a hitch. Sure. It took about one and a half hours. So, right. like, Iowans, regular Iowans did their job. But wasn't, I remember seeing one thing, because I was watching it the night of, where, like, uh, in round one, uh, there was one precinct where they thought they had enough Elizabeth Warren uh, people, and then half of them left, and then they miscounted or something. But maybe that might be on the campaigns themselves and not the caucus. I well, like you could when, be right about that. Uh, in the second round, like, you can either realign or you can just leave. Mm-hmm. If no one is who's left, who is viable, right. is to your liking. So I think with a whole bunch of Warren supporters at one of the precincts, they left because they thought they had enough, and then they didn't have enough. So she wasn't uh, even um, she, <laughs> couldn't, she didn't get any delegates in that. Well, uh, I think as of right now, Warren is only leading in one county. Gotcha. Of, out of ninety nine. That was the only thing I was thinking about, Sean. Where I was like, if if like this has got like massive government conspiracy, and they want someone to take down Sanders, wouldn't they back fucking Warren instead of the fucking rat face Pete? Nah, they need someone who has a chance. Well, we were talking about this on the the most recent episode uh, we did about the Pete Buttigieg campaign. Uh, about uh, sorry about Jerry Schwartz and Heather Reisman, which I got wrong again. But uh, we were talking about how. Pete Buttigieg just came out of nowhere. Right. So, you know, like, it's funny. I see some Pete defenders online say, you know, he's not even rich. Sure. Like, he's one of the least rich. It's because he's fucking owned. He's all, like, all that's standing between him and being a multimillionaire is just time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because well, he's, what, 38? Yeah. Yeah, he's well on his way to being worth $10 million very, very shortly compared yeah. to most people's lifespan. I mean, it's it's something where with Elizabeth Warren, I take her at her word that, you know, she knows enough about, you know, private equity and Wall Street and all this that uh, she would distance the Democratic Party from that part of her, the coalition. Sure. Her but, word you know, being how. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so she would kick the Wall Street people out of the party or like just permanently send them over to the other side because, you know, she would uh, do these kinds of reforms that would absolutely undo some predatory aspects of our financial system. Wall Street but would offer to buy her campaign for $20 <laughs> and she would accept it. You know, at, at the end of her of, of her uh, speeches, you know, uh, she sees all the confetti on the ground, single tear out of her eye every time. Hey, Liz, isn't that nice? Morgan Stanley sent a gift to your inauguration. Check out all these blankets. (laughs) (laughs) A pox on thee. Yeah. Um, But I guess what I was saying there is that with Pete Buttigieg, if there is a CIA billionaire Jeffrey Epstein candidate, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we can't know for sure. We're not in the room for these decisions. But if there is, it's fucking him because he is bought and owned 100%. Like Liz Warren is, of course, preferable to Bernie Sanders because, you know, she will, like, dislodge, you know, 20%. Preferable to Bernie Sanders? Liz Warren to the the establishment. Okay. You know, Liz Warren will, 
if she does what she says, will jettison the financial side of the coalition. But right. she will keep the health insurance companies. She'll probably not touch the pharma companies too hard. We're going to World War Three, Right. There'll be a lot of, like, just kind of the traditional, um, you know, uh, hacks and uh, paycheck cashers and parasites and rent seekers who will get to stay in the party if Elizabeth Warren goes in. Uh, Vice President Squanto. Bernie Sanders will clear it out entirely, but Pete Buttigieg is even more preferable because he's not going to touch it because he is entirely billionaire funded. Mm -hmm. Millionaire and billionaire. It's all of these fucking Epstein freaks. We went through the connections, you know, Glenn Dubin, Oren Kramer, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and all these people who are just completely, they own Pete Buttigieg. He will never do shit to them. So... It makes sense that, you know, assuming we go with the conspiracy, he is the one they would want to walk out of Iowa. And, you know, even just the not conspiracy is that uh, he did the best job fundraising from billionaires. He spent all that money in Iowa and he got a decent result for it. They raised much more than Biden. Yeah. Biden is actually kind of cash strapped right now. Mm. Really? Yeah. Making out with his daughter too much. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he still thinks it's, it's 1970 and the older inflation voice. rate applies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I guess just to go back to your earlier thing, Yogi, according to ProPublica, it's called the Iowa Reporter app. Mm. And uh, ProPublica actually took this app and they showed it to a security firm called Veracode. And Veracode's chief technology officer said that uh, the the app could have very easily been hacked. (laughs) (laughs) He said uh, an attack would have been very easy to pull off if any precinct worker had used an open Wi-Fi hotspot to report their votes. Uh, He said the problems with the app were elementary, elementary, elementary. He called it a quote. Elementary. (laughs) Elementary. He, He called it a poor decision to release the software without first fixing them. Quote, it is important for all mobile apps that deal with sensitive data to have adequate security testing and have any vulnerabilities fixed before being released for use. Uh, The Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, offered to test the app for the Iowa Democratic Party, but the party never took the government up on it. Uh, The official said the party did participate in a dry run. Uh, The party did not respond to requests for comment from ProPublica. Wow. What a bunch of fucking dumb loons. You see that photo of that fucking shadow team, and it's like eight people. It looks like a fucking... That was a great Uh, tweet. It's four of them like hugging their laptops and laughing. Yeah, it's like like, looking in different directions. It was a great tweet. Someone said, this is the UCB improv group (laughs) that built that app. But I'll tell you this. Steve is right. It's like four people hugging their laptops and shit. And I think like uh, six out of eight got Macs. And I'll tell you this. No good apps are made by people that use Macs. I'm Mm. sorry. That just doesn't happen. Good apps are built on Windows. (laughs) (laughs) Might want to disclose your financial incentive (laughs) there, Yogi, just for people who don't remember. Nobody needs to know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) The evidence is out there. Yogi's like Tara McGowaning it up over here. <laughs> just not disclosing I, that his yeah, husband I mean, works for Microsoft. I don't, I don't see what the problem is. I don't I mean there's no issue here. Why did I buy only Microsoft stocks and best brokers recently? I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but I'm pretty sure the PC revolution is coming. Yogi contributed twenty eight thousand dollars to Shadow. <laughs> I will say I got myself a, a Bernie uh, sweater, so it's happening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So according to 538 Blog's forecast, which, you know, is like not not even is basically just a propaganda thing against Bernie these days, mm-hmm. pretty much um, for Super Tuesday on in March, um, they still have Sanders as being the odds on favorite in all but two states hmm. and the two states where he's not South Carolina and Alabama. It's Biden still. Oh, so like if you're. I mean, the map just does not really look that great for Pete, Mayor Pete. Right. I'm sorry, just to go back to an earlier thing. Michael Hall is Tara McGowan's husband. Not only is he a lead strategist for Pete Buttigieg, he was Hillary Clinton's lead organizer in Iowa in 2016. Wow. So this is her husband <laughs> in, a, in her company that's trashing Bernie and taking $75 million from Silicon Valley billionaires for some reason. But, like... um. It, uh, just to underscore, like, so I was important for every single candidate, but I think it was especially important for Buttigieg because, like, his whole thing is he wants to create this momentum going into the states where he has, like, no pull with voters, voting groups that he would need. Right. Such as non-white people. Yeah. In the South. 
in a lot of the Super Tuesdays in the South right now. Mm-hmm. So You see that rat-faced fuck walk out of that cafe, mm-hmm. and the person's like, you think it was a little premature that you said that you were victorious last night? And the smirk on his face that looks like a dog that ate a snack it shouldn't have. <laughs> what a piece of fucking shit. I mean, like, Bernie, Bernie is polling at, like, 29% yeah. in New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean... He's obviously going to win there. He's the odds-on favorite for New Hampshire. And, you know, if Liz Warren has any decency, she will drop out and endorse Bernie after New Hampshire. Um, but it is something where... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, Warren, uh, somebody did some digging into her s- campaign spending, and she's mm-hmm. been canceling f- flights right. to... Um, Nevada and South Carolina. Oh, really? Which well, seems to suggest that maybe she's pulling back from the states. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Well, either she's just trying to do a long campaign to be the unity candidate at the convention, because it is like, you know, of course, Michael Bloomberg can spend forever. He will stay in it forever. And uh, it is something where, because they've, you know, got rid of uh, some of Bernie's momentum here, if he wins New Hampshire, it'll just be the usual narrative from the media of, oh, it's just a, you know, all-white state, doesn't represent us, let's take a look at what happens in South Carolina, where, you know, actual uh, people of color and uh, black voters exist. Might as well be black. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they'll just try to drag it on long enough, long as possible, and they'll just, the idea is that it is possible according to even 538 projections, that we could make it to the convention without Bernie having enough delegates to win it outright at the convention. And if he doesn't have enough delegates to win it outright at the convention, you know, assuming Liz Warren goes on that path, she could be the unity candidate where the DNC and the Sanders people come together. Uh, But hopefully she will do the decent thing because I don't think that's a viable option for her. And the decent thing is drop out and endorse Bernie Sanders so he can actually take a majority and restore legitimacy to this process. Mm. I mean, she might do that, but then she'd be on a trail of tears. So, what do you think is more common, Sean? Yeah, the uh, the the cutting her campaign staff is the trail of tears. That's right, precisely. She's relocating them mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> you think you're getting this fucking Native American uh, Elizabeth uh, Warren jokes on other podcasts, ladies and gentlemen? Doing anything for you? Uh, uh-uh. Yogi's unbearable. She was like, my campaign's union has said that I can't fire these workers. Now let them enforce it. (laughs) Uh, But one other thing from that ProPublica article I was quoting from. So they talk about um, in uh, in state and county governments are going to manage most of the upcoming primaries along with the general election, whereas these caucuses are managed by the local political party. Like the Nevada caucus is done by the local Democratic Party, the Iowa caucus too. And it, it, just quoting from the article, government agencies must adhere to state and federal information security standards, which do not necessarily apply to parties. So it is just something where this app that you know crashed that uh, was made by a company that didn't exist five months before the election, that the Bernie people only had access to three days before the election. This app that is very easily hackable doesn't have to, because it's being done by the the parties, doesn't have to apply to any security standards. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we don't know. Uh, If you don't know, incompetence is usually the best explanation, but it is worth pointing out that there's nothing really stopping them from just trying to roll out the CIA Pete uh, fuck you app on the uh, state caucus level because they don't have these same requirements that um, uh, elections that are managed by county and uh, state governments do have these security requirements. Information security standards, I should say. Um, And, and, you know, just uh, (laughs) one other thing. Tara McGowan... uh, in a tweet that came out after a lot of people saw this, she called um, Shadow, quote, an independent company acronym invested in, unquote. <laughs> acronym was, of course, Jesus. the only investor in Shadow. And in 2018, of course, they um, uh, they trumpeted the group much earlier uh, back in 2018 from that same account. So it's just entirely, you know, running away from the flaming wreckage. What a bunch of fucking mooks. Mm-hmm. You know, with that, rec- with that most recent haul of official results, I mean, that's still not including most of the satellites. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's crazy that they're not counting the satellites. That's so bizarre. I think they're, do- I, I honestly think they're doing that just because they know that they'll break for Sanders. Man, what fucking leeches. Because, like, they're, Sean, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking about on Twitter? 
people had some photos of some of the satellite groups yeah. early on. And, like, it was people who just, for whatever reason, can't go back to their home precinct. Sure. And it was mainly Sanders. Yeah, I'm not so sure. So, I guess, well, well, whoever's listening to this, by the time you do, you'll probably know the results. Well, but, once uh, the Iowa caucus results are out, this episode will in come this out. In this moment. So, so uh, look for this episode March 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, sorry, I'm just reading through these articles. And we could you go through all this, but Tara McGowan, uh, apparently at one point, she invited interest. She... After this happened, she said, you know, Shadow is just like a company we invested in. Right. <laughs> but then uh, back in either 2018 or 19, she invited interested parties to direct message her about Shadow's, quote, roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> so she was clearly claiming she was running this thing. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, David Plouffe was act, uh, asked about this on um, MSNBC, and he kind of made it look like he just... Uh, he said, quote, I have no knowledge of Shadow. It was news to me. And th- these people are just lying through their fucking teeth. I mean, and the best case scenario, like, well, let's say the least evil machination of this sure. is just l- like we just went through. This is exactly the reason you want to elect Bernie Sanders. It's to destroy these people and get rid of these fucking rent seekers and parasites. Because the best explanation that you can possibly think of for what happened here is that somebody with connections to the Clinton and Obama team was like, hey, I could raise $75 million if I just, you know, put one of these Obama guys on my board and take some Clinton people that I know from when I was working on the Clinton campaign. If we just get like a, um, you know, digital tech company because that's you know the the way uh, i've seen it explained is a lot of these campaigns if you're a democratic startup you of course have to have a web presence so a lot of them just outsource that they just go hey let's just buy like a twitter and a facebook presence and a website and a digital team so if you just have the connections to just be the web team for multiple campaigns it's free fucking money yeah and you know you know people in the Iowa and Nevada caucus. The Nevada caucus paid Shadow for this same app. They've since said that they will not be using the app, but there've been like talk of let's use a different app. <laughs> it's like no, just fucking let's do this the way we've been doing it. It was working fine, but you know people want that free money, so they have to act like they're doing something. That's the best explanation, and all the more reason to just clear these people out and destroy them by electing Bernie Sanders. That's right. I mean, listen, if you want to give us $75 million, we're going to make, give you an app that doesn't work. I'll tell you that right now. If that's the qualifications for making $75 million, I, I can do that tonight. <laughs> we have Andy building the Grubstakers website, mm-hmm. which will revolutionize podcast mm-hmm. websites. That's right. But we need you to up your donation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one other connection. Uh, ben Hall is, so again, Tara McGowan is married to Michael Hall, who's a... Uh, a former Hillary Clinton's lead organizer in Iowa. His brother Ben Hall is Pete Buttigieg, Iowa Pete Buttigieg's Iowa Communications Director. So her husband's brother is Pete Buttigieg's Iowa Communications Director, who tweeted out caucus results sheets that had an as yet unexplained pin written on them. And people have theorized about this, but there's some sort of pin number that relates to this fucking app <laughs> oh my God. that was written on the sheet that he tweeted out. Which would be the most, like, boomer CIA shit. You keep all your passwords written down <laughs> on a piece of paper at your desk. Just take a picture of it and tweet it out, like the fucking secret vote-changing app. Oh, and uh, Steve, you were telling me that they reported, the Iowa Democrats reported Deval Patrick got a bunch yeah. of votes for some fucking reason. Yeah, I mean... What's this about? Uh, Deval Patrick, a little-known presidential candidate. Right. Um, they... They they tweeted new results at the time anyway, mm-hmm. uh, saying he got 494 votes in one county, which is just absurd. Really? Yeah. 409. What? Well, it sounds like maybe okay, maybe that's not that much. No, but, but actually, nobody knows who this guy is. Yeah, that's it's ins- a, it's, uh, an Iowa county that is like uh, not especially well populated, and yeah, so like there's just no way. That's so bizarre. And like at the same time, uh, what the the county representatives for the Democratic Party tweeted what they actually sent at the time hmm. as the results, and like this doesn't match. That's so weird. So it had like Bernie having like roughly the same amount as Deval Patrick right, suddenly right. has 
in these new results. Yeah, <sighs> Deval Patrick, the former Massachusetts governor and Bain Capital guy, who everybody forgot he was running 30 yeah, minutes before he announced that he was running. Nobody uh, knows never, who he is. Never campaigned anywhere. Uh, never showed up in Iowa, to the best of my knowledge. And he just gets like several hundred votes mysteriously. And then I guess the Iowa Democratic Party tweeted out that they were uh, correcting the results after earlier mistakes in their reporting. <laughs> and it's just like... Just stupid. Yeah. And like, you know, like, like I'm going to take it on faith that this app rollout and this disaster was just corruption it was just somebody knew some people in the iowa nevada party and they got to roll out this shitty app to make it look like they were doing something with the giant pile of money they inherited uh so you know that's corruption the app crashes but what's not explainable by just you know incompetence or corruption is how these numbers have been rolled out because you know again we're about to end this episode we still only have 92 percent of the result still buffering yeah pete Buttigieg has been ahead in every little tranche released and, you know, maybe he ends up, like, except, of course, not in the popular vote. In the popular mm-hmm. vote, Bernie Sanders has been ahead. Bernie Sanders' people's own numbers showed him ahead. But, you know, if it comes out tomorrow or Friday News Dump or whenever that Bernie fucking Sanders actually won in the last 8% that they release, I mean, how the fuck do you explain that except them just being malicious little assholes who took this news cycle that, you know, the first news cycle was not about Bernie going back to back in Iowa and New Hampshire. It was about Democratic incompetence. Then it was about Pete Buttigieg winning. Then it was about Pete Buttigieg winning. And now it's just kind of a mixture where it's it's a wash. Even if Bernie walks away winning it by a news cycle, it'll just be like, meh, Pete Buttigieg kind of won it too. It was a tie. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway you slice it, it's just like a breathtaking subversion of democracy mm-hmm. for the whole state. For, I mean, it, nationwide. Bullshit, you know. I, listen, I, I'm not saying I don't watch the news, but I spent five fucking hours that night just flipping between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. Was I was watching. Horrifying. I was watching Fox News at first because I, I was like, I'm looking for some juicy fucking dirt. I want to see fucking Iowa go. You know what? Sanders win it, and Fox News hosts just fucking have their dicks shrink into their Yogi's assholes. He's got all his Deval Patrick gear. <laughs> But you know what I mean, though? I was, like, really fucking jonesing. And, uh, boy, my fucking balls got blue balls that night in the worst way (laughs) possible. Like, I I saw a bunch of different scenarios, but I did not see that happening. And, you know, I should have known better. You did not see that happening. (laughs) But, you know, and it is just something where people don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say people don't care, but a lot of people who are like, you know, let's say Democrats who are not Bernie supporters are just focused on Pete, on Nancy Pelosi rich, ripping up the right, president's right. speech and, you know, really just slay queening against him. I think uh, like a very tiny minority of people are actually caring about that. About the Nancy Pelosi thing? Ripping up the papers. Yeah. Uh, I just like the official White House Twitter account, which was Speaker Pelosi just ripped up one of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, (laughs) the survival of a child born at 21 weeks, Mm -hmm. the mourning families of Rocky Jones and Kyla Muller, uh, a service member's reunion with his family. That's her legacy. Right, right. It's an exact (laughs) quote from the White House Twitter account. Because Trump also drew that State of the Union. the Union. Did a fucking, uh, what is it called, uh, veteran reunion with family oh, really? video, oh, viral wow. video in the middle of sure. his State of the Union. I mean, yeah, again, the grifter salesman. He puts on all the stops for the election year. Years one and four is when mm-hmm. you can watch out for him. Mm-hmm. She was ripping up some of the last known hard evidence of the Tuskegee experiments. <laughs> I think somebody made that joke on Twitter already. She was ripping up Bernie Sanders' ballots. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, By the time this is out, hopefully we'll have full results. Hopefully they show Bernie Sanders winning. And uh, I mean, it is just something where we have to go and win in New Hampshire, win big in New Hampshire, and just kind of clean up from here and silence the doubters because the most important thing is that bernie sanders is the front runner bernie sanders did just win iowa and they're trying to they're trying to steal it at the convention we wanted to present a a united front of left-wing brooklyn podcast saying these iowa results are bullshit Mm -hmm. they need to count them right bernie probably won so 
And we all know Pete Buttigieg is the type of man that's gay but don't eat butt. And you know that's true. You know that rat-faced mouth has never got inside an anus. You know it. Chastin? Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. Chastin is the least anally pleasured man in this country. Yeah. You know he's de- you know he doesn't eat butt because he's a rat, not a hamster. That's right. <laughs> But Steve is right. Solidarity, left podcast, all saying Bernie won because he won the popular vote. Mm-hmm. And with that, this is Grub Stakers. I'm Yogi Paywall. I'm Steve Jeffries. I'm Sean P. McCarthy. We'll be back next week with a, uh, a billionaire regular episode. But uh, you know what? Volunteer, donate harder. We're going to make Bernie Sanders win this thing. And we are going to destroy the fucking Democratic Party because it is a virus and we are the cure. Mm. So are you saying that he has a same-sex partner? He? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's married to him, yeah. Well, then I don't want anybody like that in the White House. So can I have my card back? I don't know. Signed it. We could go ask. I never knew that. The whole point of it is, though, he's a human being, right? Just like you and me. And should it really matter? That's what. Well, he better read the Bible. He does, and he says that God doesn't choose a political party. Because why does it say in the Bible that a man should marry a woman then? Well, I totally respect your viewpoint on this. I so totally do. But I think that we were not around. How come this has never been brought out before? It's 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 common knowledge. I never heard it. Um, We can talk to someone if you you need to talk to them about this. I don't know the rules on this or not, but I guess what I would like you to just dig deep inside and think, like, should it matter if it's a woman or if it's a man or if they're heterosexual or homosexual, if you believe in what they say? That's my question. It all just went right down the toilet is where it all just went.